the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Also, worse yet, we may think that faith is unrelated to the real spiritual struggles of life. Sort of that you got faith here and you come on Sunday mornings and you study about faith, but then you go into the real world and it doesn't connect and it doesn't relate, and that's wrong. I hope that when you hear a sermon on a Sunday morning or you hear a program like this one, that the lesson doesn't stop when the speaker stops. If the lesson stops there, it's like the person James talked about who sees himself in a mirror and when he turns away, he forgets what he saw. James was talking about hearers of the word who are not also doers of the word. It seems crazy, but most of us, or maybe all of us, have a tendency, no matter how attentively and politely we listen to the message, we have a tendency to fail to consider how it applies to us personally or how we can incorporate those truths into our own lives. We can get a lot more out of a message if we spend some time afterwards thinking it over and seeing how we can take advantage of what we have heard to improve our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, some churches actually have small groups that meet during the week specifically to discuss the pastor's message and share with each other what they've learned from it. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida for over 25 years. We're glad you could be with us for today's portion of an in-depth examination of Hebrews chapter 11 and the heroes of the faith found in those verses. This morning's Radio Bible class is the start of Pastor Steve's 10th message from the faith chapter and his ninth specifically about the heroes of the faith. As with most of his messages, this one is in three parts. If you would like to hear the entire message at one time, please stay tuned at the end of class, and I'll give you a phone number to call and order a cassette or a CD. If you have your Bible and would like to read along with Pastor Steve, he'll be diving right in. So go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. We will see some examples today of how faith conquers adversity. Now, here is Pastor Steve. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 32, we want to read to verse 38, though we will not cover this whole uh, passage this morning, but verse 32, the writer starts off by saying, and what more shall I say? For a time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stones, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. 
They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Let's stop there. But I want you to take a, a look, a good look, at the, at the very beginning of verse 32 and the expression that the writer begins with. He says, and what more shall I say? I know how the writer to the Hebrews felt. Because that's exactly how I feel. This is our 10th week in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and that's how I feel. What more can I possibly say? What hasn't been said? And yet, there's more. There's a little bit more to go. And we want to uh, be careful that we don't skip over some very, very crucial and critical uh, parts of, of the aspect of faith. Because our, our writer gives us a little more. He's almost finished, but not yet. What more shall I say? Just a little bit more. Because in the remaining verses of chapter 11, we're told about two distinct groups of people. They, each group demonstrated faith in God. They all had faith in God, but the results were very different for these two groups. The first group, which the writer uh, tells us about in verses 32 through, thir through 35, at least the, the middle of verse 35, which we'll look at this morning, he tells us that this group had the experience of, of the fact that, that their faith conquered adversity. Their faith overcame adverse situations. God gave them the physical strength to have physical victory over their enemies. And that's what he's talking about in, in the beginning of, of this portion of Scripture. But the second group, starting with the middle of verse 35, going through 38. In fact, look at it where he says in verse 35, after women received back their dead by resurrection, he says, and others. The, the tone of the passage changes. And others. There's another group here who had faith, but they had a different kind of victory. They had victory but a different kind of victory. They suffered. They suffered deeply. But God gave them spiritual strength to cope with their suffering. Both these groups had victory. One had physical victory over their enemies. The other had, had spiritual victory in that God gave them the grace and the strength to cope with their sufferings. And that's what we want to look at for the next two weeks. Because like the Hebrews of the first century, who the writer was really saying, this applies to you. You need victory, there's victory through faith. They had enemies, they had persecution, they had suffering. You need, you need help, God will give it to you like he did to your ancestors. That's the primary application here. But like them, we also need to know about these two groups of, of faith or two groups who had faith in God uh, because we need to understand that, that faith in God doesn't make us exempt from suffering and difficulties and problems. But faith in God and his word gives us victory over our enemies, of uh, the enemy of our soul. And who's that? Satan, the devil. And if we don't see these two experiences of God's people and balance them, then we may get the wrong impression about faith. And think, for example, that if something goes wrong with us, it means there must be something wrong with my faith. Not necessarily. In fact, it could mean that everything is very right with your faith. Also, worse yet, we may think that faith is unrelated to the real spiritual struggles of life. Sort of that you've got faith here and you come on Sunday mornings and you study about faith, but then you go into the real world and it doesn't connect and it doesn't relate, and that's wrong. So we want to bring this together. We want to balance it. And so in order to balance out these two extreme views, the writer to the Hebrews tells us two important truths about faith. First truth, and we're going to look at this week and the second truth next week, faith conquers over adverse 
situations. Faith conquers adversities. And we begin by looking at verse 32. He writes, and what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Now, up until this phrase, as you've been following with us through the book of Hebrews, and especially chapter 11, the writer to the Hebrews has given us a chronological survey of the Old Testament characters of faith. It's not exhaustive, but he has given us a chronological survey. He's gone through the history of Israel and even before. And he has shown us that from, from every time period, there have been men and women of faith, people who believe God. He spoke even before the formation of Israel from uh, the, the early beginnings of, of man in the book of Genesis with Abel and Enoch and Noah. He said these men had faith. Then he spoke about the formation of Israel and the father of the Jewish people, uh, Abraham. Abraham believed God and so did the patriarchs, Isaac and Jacob and then Joseph believe God. Then he spoke about Israel being in the land of Egypt and being delivered. And, and the parents of Moses believed God that uh, they should protect their, their little infants. And then Moses believed God and the people of Israel believed God as he led them out of Egypt. And then we saw last week that uh, at the time of the conquest of the land of, of Canaan, uh, Joshua believed God, and the children of Israel, as they marched around Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down, and Rahab, the, the Gentile harlot, put her trust in God. Limited, yes, didn't know a whole lot, had things going against her, but she believed God. Now, now, the writer to the Hebrews, he says, I can't go on like this. That's what he's really, I can't go on like this. It would take too long to continue mentioning the Jewish faithful during every period of Israel's history. He says, I don't have the time. I'm not writing a treatise here. Actually, he says at the end of this, uh, of this book, he's written a short exhortation. Imagine what he thought was a long exhortation. So he says, what more shall I say? Or, or is there any need to say more? In other words, the thought is this. I've given you enough examples to illustrate my point that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's what he said at the beginning of this chapter. I've given you enough examples. I don't have the time to give you a detailed statement on such heroes of faith as Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. He said, I, I can't go on giving you detailed exposition or statements about them. However, he doesn't want his readers to think that his list of heroes is exhausted, because it's not. Because in every age of Israel's history, there's always a remnant who believe. There's always some who believe. And so verse 32 is a little bit different than all the other verses in this chapter about faith, because instead of describing the deeds of, of faith of these men, what he does, he just mentions their names, just tells us their names. And so we're going to look very briefly at these men. We won't go into detail because I don't think that's the spirit of God's intent here. However, uh, our writer knows that his Hebrew readers, and you have to keep this in mind, his Hebrew readers are familiar with these people. Uh, they were raised knowing about these people. So he doesn't need to elaborate on them and, and their exploits. But we're not as familiar with these people. And, uh, and you know what? We have the time. The writer didn't have the time, but we have the time. And so we'll, um, we'll be here till three looking at this. No, we'll, we'll kind of look briefly briefly at these six men without going into too much detail. And we want to discover uh, how they live by faith and how it applies to us. 
Pastor Steve will return soon to familiarize us with those six historical figures. The first four in particular were notable for the contrast they presented when seen against their culture. They lived in a time of extreme spiritual darkness for Israel. These men were far from perfect themselves, but when push came to shove, they trusted God, and that made them stand out against the vast majority of people around them. We will see how that faith gave them victory over the challenges they faced after we take a short pause to introduce ourselves. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air. Our teacher is Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We are going through a careful study of the chapter in the Bible often called the faith chapter, that is Hebrews 11. Today's class is the first part of a message that we've broken into three parts to fit into the time available. Pastor Steve will continue the message over the next two lessons. Now, if you missed the start of class and would like to hear it again, or if you want to order a tape or CD with the entire message, I'll tell you how you can do that at the end of our broadcast. Let's return to class now. We'll soon be ready for Judges chapter 6, if you'd like to have your Bible ready. Now, here is Pastor Steve. Now, the first four men uh, mentioned here come from a period of time in Israel's history known as the period of the Judges. In fact, the book of Judges is named after this time period. And here's what makes this very interesting and important for us to understand. The period of Judges was a disgusting, horrible period in Israel's history. It was a period right after Joshua and and the people uh, took over the land of Canaan, possessed the land of Canaan, but it was before the emerging of a king. So you had uh, God raised up deliverers called judges, sometimes just local deliverers, not necessarily over the whole nation, but local judges who delivered the people. And why were the people in need of being delivered? Because Israel was disobedient at this time period. In fact, they were disobedient throughout their history, but especially here. And uh, they, they were disobedient in not driving the pagan nations out of Canaan. And because they not only didn't drive the nations out of Canaan, but they adapted the, the Canaanite ways and they practiced paganism. And God gave Israel into the hands of her enemies. And then she'd cry out to Israel, uh, cry out to God, rather, and, and say, we need deliverance. And then God would raise up a local judge, and he would be used of God to deliver the people. Why? The key expression in the, of this time period found in the book of Judges is this. And this, this expresses the spiritual condition of the people. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That was the spiritual condition of people. Yet, in spite of the the general condition of backsliding and apostasy, the four men of the Judges period that our writer to the Hebrews mentioned, they believed God. That's what makes it so remarkable. They believed God, and they trusted him to deliver them from their enemies against, for the most part, overwhelming odds. Ridiculous circumstances. And let's begin by looking at the first man he mentions, Gideon. Gideon, known best for his fleece and today for that businessman, Christian businessman's organization, the Gideons, his story is found in the book of Judges, chapter 6. And so you can turn there, and I would put a little bookmark. It Judges and it Hebrews. We'll be going back and forth. But Judges, chapter 6 and 7, tell us the story. And we'll just highlight a few things. 
Verse 11 says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak, which was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, uh, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. So immediately you know that the Midianites were over the people at that point. And here's Gideon who's beating out some wheat in the wine press, kind of hiding from the Midianites. You don't normally beat out, uh, uh, beat out wheat in a wine press. Uh, he, he's doing this, he's hiding, he's afraid. Midianites were, were in charge. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And there are, and where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. And the Lord looked at him and said, go uh, in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian, have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, that's his uh, family that he was from, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. And we won't take the time to go into the rest of the story, but let me just tell you what happens. First, there are many who come. There are thousands who come. First, 22,000 uh, Jewish people come to help Gideon. And, uh, and the Midianites, by the way, we know from chapter 8, verse 10, that they had 135,000. And so uh, first, 22,000 come to help Gideon. And God says, no, that's too many. It's too many. Because if Israel wins the victory with 22,000 men, then they're going to think that it was their own strength. So Gideon, get rid of them. Tell them that, that if they're afraid, they can go back to their families. And so most of them leave. He's left with 10,000. And God says, Gideon, still too many. Still too many. I want you to make a distinction. If When you get to water and those who lay down like dogs and lap the water, like a dog would, would lap, uh, make a distinction between those and the others. So the bottom line is he ends up with 300 men. 300 men against 135,000 of the Midianites, and God uses that, and they defeat the Midianites. They absolutely defeat the Midianites. And you know what? The point of this is that Gideon believed God against overwhelming circumstances. He believed God with 300 men. He defeated the Midianites. And that's tough, but that's faith. Then we move on to the other character, Barak. And this man was, was not actually a judge. It, it, Technically, he was a military leader under a judge who, by the way, was a, was a woman by the name of Deborah. And she was the judge at that time. And he defeated the Canaanites. But Deborah was more than a judge. She was a prophetess. And we find this story in Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. And I'm not even sure I can pronounce all the names here, but I'll do my best. You know how that is. Verse 1, then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died, and the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of uh, Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, and the commander of the army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagoyim. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, 
was judging Israel at that time. And she used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now she sent and summoned Barak, the son of uh, Abinoam, and Kedesh Naphtali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor, and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And I will draw to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops, to the river Kishon, and I will give them into your hand. Notice what Barak says. He said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Well, she ends up going with him, uh, and he defeats, God uses him to defeat uh, the the Canaanites and Jabin and Sisera. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, you should really take the time to read how the man had a temple, uh, had, a, had a spike that was driven right through his temple, and uh, it's real gory, and if you like that kind of stuff, you'll love that story. So, but, but the point is that Barak believed God and he conquered an enemy kingdom as a result. And I know all the young people are quickly looking up that passage and, uh, and seeing how he got him in the temple while he was asleep. Okay, then the next man is Samson. Most of us are familiar with Samson. We're not particularly impressed with him. He, uh, we look at him and we're, 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 uh, we look at his lack of spirituality, his enticements by Delilah, and uh, we're, we're just not too impressed with him. But he, and he is best remembered, really, for his strength, not his faith. Yet he was a man of faith. He conquered the Philistines. That was the group that, that he battled with. Uh, many, many battles, and he did this by faith. He did this by faith. Judges chapter 13, verse 5, gives us some uh, insight on this. And this is what God has said to his parents. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, let me just make a distinction here. Nazarite was a a vow. It meant that someone was dedicated to God. Uh, The hair was not to be cut. They were never to, to drink wine. This is not a Nazarene. Nazarene is a citizen of Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. A Nazarite is someone who is dedicated to the Lord. And, and we believe that John the Baptist was, was in that category as well. So just to make a distinction. But when his parents told Samson that he was dedicated to God and God would give him strength, and he believed, he believed the word of the Lord. And the feats of strength that he did uh, was because he believed God, because he believed God. So he was a man, a man of faith. We will have to wait until next time to hear about Jephthah. Our time is running out for today's class. Judges is a fantastic book. It's such an encouragement to read about those men, and a few women too, who were far from perfect, yet they trusted God. Among them were liars, cowards, womanizers, and so on. But God still used them to do astonishing things. That should give us hope as we often struggle with our faith and our own sinful natures. If God could use those people and judge us, then He should be able to use us as well. In our next class, Pastor Steve will demonstrate that these heroes of the faith were not special in themselves. They were quite ordinary, but God doesn't use our strengths. He uses our trust. 
If you trust Him every day in all things, there's no telling where He might take you and what you might accomplish as He uses you for His own glory. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. We're glad you could join us for today's Bible class of the air. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is our teacher. His 25-plus years of ministering at Lakeside has given rise to this additional ministry produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who have first been faithful to their own churches. Today was the first third of a longer message on the heroes of the faith. The message will continue over the next two classes, but if you would like to hear the entire message at once, you can order a cassette tape or an audio CD. Please call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-239-0306. We also make these broadcasts available at our website, just point your web browser to versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the audio for later listening. We also offer a free podcasting service if you would like to subscribe to that. There is even a page on the website with archives of previous broadcasts. The website again is versebyverseradio.org. Please join us again for a look at how these four men operated. Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. I think you'll be encouraged. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.